All right, welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, well, I'm your host, first of all, Bruce Irving here. Thank you so much for hanging out with me here today. Today, talking to Perry. Perry is owner of Famous Pizza in Connecticut. One location, very busy location. Perry has an interesting story, uh, and I think it's going to be very informative for you, and I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. He had a restaurant that was doing a lot of sales, and he had dining room and all of that going on. He downsized to just take out and delivery now and he's doing more profits with a less footprint and and it's just an amazing story of someone who actually did that he also is a numbers guy so he's really good on his numbers he uses one of our sponsors food tech solutions as his pos system and he does a lot of email marketing uh, number crunching he's a former accountant or that's what he went to school for even though he only did it for a short period of time, but he uses that in his business. And this is a very good episode. I think if you're looking to grow your business and maybe you don't want multiple locations, you just want to make one really busy location that you can make the most profit on, make a good product, have a good employee morale, have a good customer base, and just have a good life. You don't necessarily need to have 20 locations or have to expand more. Listen, if you want to do that, great. Ambition is fantastic. But if you don't want that, Don't feel like it's something that you have to do. Perry doesn't want that. He wants one good location, make it as busy as possible, and then have to pass it on to his family when he's ready to kind of move on. And I think this is episode that's really good. You're going to enjoy this one. Again, like I said, this episode is sponsored by Food Tech Solutions. If you are looking for the best point of sale system for a takeout delivery pizza location, I really do think Food Tech Solutions has the best option. We talk about it quite a lot in this episode. Because Perry uses it, and he uses it in his with his email marketing and his review uh, surveys that he gives his customers, and then all the things we talk about with his online ordering and his website too. They built his website, so uh, foodtechsolutions.com is the website if you want to go check that out. Also, Restaurant Systems Pro, new sponsor of the podcast this year, Software Plus Systems. If you're like Perry and you don't want multi locations, but you want to run your business like it's multi locations, or if you do have multi locations. Check out restaurantsystemspro.net. Run your restaurant like a franchise without paying the 7% monthly loyalty. So it's great for independents and multi-unit restaurants. Whichever one you are, Restaurant Systems Pro can help you get better at running your restaurant. Get your food costs under control. Build a management team that gets results. Stop getting bled to dry by the time clock in your employees. And you can do all of that with Restaurant Systems Pro. Their software plus their help when it comes to running your business. Restaurantsystemspro.net. We will be having a feature episode pretty soon with Fred from Restaurant Systems Pro to give you the gist and how you can get started with them. And they have a lot of courses and everything that you can take as well. So again, restaurantsystemspro.net. Check it out. Let them know you heard them on the Smart Pizza Marketing Podcast. And SPM Magazine is coming up relatively quick. We're working the final stages. If you're listening to this podcast when it comes out live, we're finishing up the content for the March issue. I'm super excited. This this magazine, listen, I, I want you to go into it with low expectations because sometimes when you see a movie or you go to a restaurant and someone keeps pumping it up, pumping it up, pumping it up, sometimes you go and you, you tend to get let down. So listen, I want you to have low expectations for this magazine, but I want you to be excited to have it because what we're doing with the content inside of this is we really want it to be great content. I want you to read every single article And I want you to be able to walk away from that article being like, wow, that was a good article. I learned something that I can go use in my business. And we're going to make it inclusive to all. So whether you're a home pizza maker, maybe not a home pizza maker, but like you started your business at home 
and you're growing your business from a pizza pop-up to multi-unit to franchises. We're going to have information for you at all. Social media, employee training, retention, management, how to build a team, how to build a great culture in your restaurant, technology, what technology should you be using to grow your restaurant, and all of that. It's going to be included in there. And again, it's content over advertising. Yes, there will be advertisers in there. And if you're listening to this podcast and you want to advertise in the magazine, as long as your product is a fit, reach out to me. But the content is comes first. Advertising is something that will be in the magazine, but it's just to pay for the cost of producing the magazine. It's not our entire business model. It's going to be for you. For pizza people, by pizza people. That is our motto for the magazine. And if you want to contribute, happy to have you on. This is a, a community magazine. It's going to be contributors from people all over the country who have been on the podcast, who you've never heard of before, but they have an idea or they're doing something interesting in their business that I think will work for others. It's going to be a collaborative event. I'm super excited. Head over to smartpizzamarketing.com for more information on that and sign up. First issue should be out in March. Fingers crossed if everything goes well, that's when we'll launch it. All right, let's get into the podcast with Perry right now. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode too. All right, Perry, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. Hey, Bruce. Great to be here. Thanks a lot. Been a long-time fan, so really excited to uh, talk pizza. I know we've been uh, kind of internet friends, I'd say, for a long time. You know, followers on Instagram and Facebook, and we've talked on online. First time talking kind of, I mean, this I guess this is in person now for 2024, but um, this is fun. I'm glad to have you on the podcast and talk about your business and what you're up to and share that with Thanks. everybody listening to the podcast. So. Before we get into all that, let's give a little bit of uh, background about like what you're doing and where you do it. Uh, so my name is Perry Anastasakis. My family and I own Famous Pizza in Bethel, Connecticut. Uh, my parents started the place, true family business in every sense of the word. Um, started as a family business, mom and dad, three kids, just really humble beginnings. Um, it was tough. Uh, you know, first three years, I tell people, um, you know, they didn't make a dime. They were robbing Peter to pay Paul. And then as we got older, we started helping them and uh, worked all through high school. And one day, um, I had no intention of going to college. My dad handed me the keys and said, all right, I'm going to Greece. You take over and see what it's like. And the second he came back, I said, nah, I'm going to school. So <laughs> I really uh, learned my lesson uh, as to how hard the business really is. But I knew, like, the pizza life chose me, you know. I got it in my blood. I went to college, studied accounting, worked for Ernst & Young as an auditor. And it was a great experience. Definitely helps me to this day. But I just was missing something. So um, I know I couldn't do it myself. I just saw how my dad got burnt out really quick, and I didn't want to do that. So I wanted to do things a little different, take what I learned in the corporate world and apply that to the pizza business. So I brought my right-hand man is my brother-in-law, Tony. Shout out to Tony. He does all the behind the scenes work. He wants no part of the camera or anything, just puts <laughs> his head down and he grinds. And together um, we built, you know, what we think is a really good business. All our kids are involved. I mean, we're a true neighborhood pizza joint. I went to school here. My kids went to school here. His kids go to school here. Everyone knows us. We support the community. Um, you know, it just makes sense. And uh, it's been great. It's an American dream. It truly That's is. That's great. So you have a, a degree in accounting. That's probably very helpful when it comes to running a pizzeria. I feel like in the pizza world, people are obsessed with the pizza, which is great. You need a really good pizza, right? Like you need a good product. Mm -hmm. But like the numbers in the background is where they get fumbled up. 
Yeah, no doubt. Especially in recent years, I find myself working on spreadsheets more than, you know, the pizza side of the business. Um, because the numbers, I mean, we could do everything perfectly. We can make the best pizza, provide the best service. But if we don't know our numbers, yeah. I mean, it's all for naught. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, as much as I hated accounting, I really appreciate <laughs> having the knowledge. Um, I just couldn't sit at a desk. I was driving myself crazy. How long did you do it uh, for before you realized it wasn't for you? Two years and one day. Um, and the two years is because to become a CPA in Connecticut, at least back then, things have changed, rules have changed. I think it's a five-year degree. Uh, but it was public accounting. So basically, you pass the exam, you become a certified public accountant, and you need two years experience. So I wanted to have that as a backup plan, just in case um, things did go wrong, but um, have no intention to ever uh, push pencils again. That's great. Like, uh, did you, so those two years you worked as an accountant, did, which one did you learn more of like the real world accountant that you use in your business? Was it from school or was it from those two years actually being an accountant? Um, I'd say a combination of both. I mean, you definitely need the theory. Um, you know, I wasn't as studious as I should have been. Yeah. Um, but I knew how to talk. And um, that really helped me in the interview process. ENY is like one of the top firms. And um, there were a lot of kids I started with that had, were much smarter than me. I'll fully admit that. But I had a way of connecting with people. And I think the pizzeria, the, the experience I had in the pizzeria really uh, helped me do that. So then when I did get on the job, um, I was able to take that knowledge that I learned in a book and really apply it and then take it to the next step of my own business. You know, when you're auditing Fortune 500 companies, you see a lot of systems in place, automations. I mean, basic business stuff, but um, it definitely helped me, um, you know, grow the business. Yeah, that's true. But a lot of the pizzeria owners don't see that, right? Like they just kind of. I don't know why. It's a lot of pizzerias, especially ones that I've had on the podcast, and I've talked to a lot of them, working in family pizzerias like you. They just work in it, and they know it, and like whatever their family did, they just continue to do. And maybe they tweak it a little bit, and they use social media, but they don't know how Fortune 500 companies manage their books or set a budget or, or file taxes or anything like that. So that's a great experience for you. It is. And, um, you know, the one thing I did learn is you have to adapt to, uh, you know, the business environment that you're in. And that's something that we did. We took basically what my parents built. Um, we did a Greek style pan pizza. I think you're familiar with that being up in yeah. Boston, yeah. Um, New England style. Um, I think George called that. I, I started following George at Dedham Pizza when he was on your guest. I reached out to him because we had a lot of similarities. Uh, but what I did is... Um, so just to backtrack, we took like a thousand square feet pizzeria that my parents started. Um, we ended up buying the building and building our dream pizzeria, which at the time we thought was a dream to have seating, have a huge kitchen, huge menu and all that. And we had a great run for 20 years. We were just going crazy, but I was getting burnt out. I had to deal with yeah. waitresses, bus boys, so many moving parts with delivery on top of it. And we always thought to ourselves, my brother-in-law and I, what if we just got rid of the headaches? The, the, the dining room was the main one and just focused on delivery and carry out and make it more of a slice shop. So COVID taught us that that was possible when we did curbside. So what we did is we took a 3,500 square foot full service pizzeria. We bought the building, one of our tenants left and we're like, you know what? Let's just go there and we'll rent out our old space to someone else. And uh, Oh, really? Yeah, it was a big, big move. And to make matters 
even more difficult, we took our pizza, our core product that we made, and threw it out the door. Um, and we started a whole new product because we saw that our market was changing. We had a lot of New Yorkers come uh, yeah. from Westchester County. Fairfield County was a really hot spot to get away from the city. And they would come into our market and be like, what is this? This is not what I'm used to. So although <laughs> yeah. our core customers were used to it and they loved it, it was a great product. But we said while we were building out the place, what can we do to improve the product and appeal to not only our existing customer base, but the client base that didn't like us and is moving to the area. So we went. So now we serve uh, an Italian style, New York style, I should say, uh, pizza that um, we're really proud of and we think it's a great product. That's great. When did you do that? When did the whole transformation happen? So this will be two years. Almost okay, so like day. right after, right after COVID. Correct. That's great. So you yeah, really, I big... mean, do, are you happy with it? Like, all right, looking back, I mean, I know it's a lot of work and it took a lot of time and effort and probably money and all that, but are you happy now that you're here that you did it? Yeah, I can honestly say like everyone tells me they come into the new place. I mean, of course it's new. So that's always nice. Like getting a new car, you know, everything's good, but just my overall demeanor, I, I was just, you could tell I had so many moving parts, so many things going on in my head. And I just, I'm like, I just want to go back to pizza. Like, you know, and just make a really good pie, limit our menu. We got rid of, basically my brother-in-law and I just made a list. What do we hate about our job? And we just <laughs> crossed it off and just said, let's, you know, if we're investing this money, we spent a lot of money. Like we really did it right. And if we're going to do that, then let's money can't buy happiness. You know, we didn't yeah. want to go into the, you know, and it's been, I mean, look, there are, everyone has their days, right? You know, people don't show up and all that. Yeah, right. But at the end of the day, I can, you know, I think I have a better handle on my business. I'm serving my customers. We're personally working in the shop every day. I mean, so we are as hands-on as you could get, I would say. Now, this, I mean, that's great, first of all. That takes a lot of balls. Not a lot of people would do that, right? Like have an existing business that's going pretty well and totally downsize and change everything about it and have faith that it's going to work out sales wise how are the two shops differently like what was the uh difference is it less sales but it's easier to manage and less people so it's a lot less headaches and same profit margin or like tell me a little bit about that yeah sure so um the old shop um definitely had a lot more overhead a lot more labor um and whatnot so we knew we were going to save that um but we didn't realize, um, I mean, I pat myself on the back, the design of the new shop, we made it so much more efficient. We took all the cogs that we had in our old place now that we knew how it was working for 20 years. I mean, you can plan everything on paper, but you don't know yeah. until you're actually working it. So we took a lot of time um, setting it up properly. So our new place is a lot more efficient, a lot less people, a lot more profit. I mean, of course, our expenses went up in recent years, so it kind of offset that. But at the end of the day, we said, look, we don't have to push the sales that we were doing at the old place because we're going to make more money. And it just so happened that we didn't end up losing any of the sales. We just moved next door, less than half the square feet, um, smaller footprint, more profit, less headaches. I mean, it was a win-win um, all the great. way around. What, what yeah. were those things you took off the menu that you hated? Let me see if I hate them, too. I've always, I, when I was uh, operating, burgers, that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Number one was burgers. I just couldn't stand it. Soups. Um, basically, anything that I got 
complaints on. Like we did a good job on everything. We tried our best, we yeah. used the best ingredients, but when you consistently get feedback on certain menu items, it's like, what's the point? Do we really need to do, I mean, we got rid of the chicken marsala and all that stuff years ago. So over the course of time, and especially during COVID, we did um, cut it out. But the best thing about COVID, I mean, two things. Um, the first thing was customers' expectations. Like back in the day, like you'd be like, oh my God, we cannot not have that item. Like we can't be out of that. Like it's just gonna give us such a bad look. Now, people are so used to being like, all right, well, you don't have that, let me order this. So yeah. I think the customer expectation's a little different. And then um, more recently, I think the ability to charge what we should be charging for our pizza, that I think is a huge thing. I think people get food inflation and we don't have to like kill ourselves with the guy down the street, you know? Um, so I think that helped us to some extent. Yeah, definitely the supply chain issues that were happening over the last couple of years made people realize that, and they just heard it a lot from a lot of different places. It wasn't just like the mom and pop down the street that didn't have it, it was like everywhere. It was like right. really big companies didn't have certain things. And you're like, wow, that's that's the first time I've ever realized that like a big company would be out of something. And it made people just be like, all right, you're not going to be able to get anything you want anytime you want it. Exactly. Yeah, it's it was definitely a blessing. Um, you know, the, for so many years, it's like the customer's always right. And we are customer focused by all means and all that. But at the same time, you know, we're trying to run a business and it has to be profitable. It has to make sense for us. So yeah. although we bend over backwards to really give the best service we possibly can, I tell people all the time, if I can't make you happy, nobody is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's simple as that. We try hey, you want to be you want to be nice to the customer. Like I think there's a difference between there's a difference between like doing what you do and like being nice to the customer and being like, all right, listen, we're here to make whatever you order, we're gonna make it to the best of our ability. We're going to charge you a reasonable price and we want you to be happy with it. Then there's the flip side of those other pizzerias who try to have every single item that everybody in that party is going to be satisfied with. But then you end up not being able to be good at a lot of that stuff. You just become really average. And then you, then it's just a matter of like, all right, I'm getting all this stuff from all these purveyors and I'm really just heating shit up. I'm not really making anything that I can say is mine that I that I'm different than anybody else. Exactly. Yeah, something along those lines is um, I had a problem one day with my bread guys. So everyone in town does a basic thing. They all get their bread from Arthur Avenue in the Bronx, and they deliver it. So the guy across the street gets the same bread that I got, the guy down yeah. the, the two other guys down the street. So one day he, he pissed me off for some reason, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own bread. And it turned out to be an awesome thing. We have a totally unique product that we use using our pizza dough, and customers love it. So, um, yeah, you definitely want to differentiate yourself uh, as best you can. That's good. That's a great idea. We tried that a couple of times. Our pizza dough was like, I don't know, the bread was a little bit dense for the, for the sandwiches. It came, it was a little bit heavy. Do you treat it any differently than your pizza dough or just use it? Uh, we do. We definitely let it proof more. Yeah. Um, it took a lot of experimentation. It's more like a focaccia yeah. um, than anything. Uh, we gut it because otherwise it would be like way too doughy. Um, and we got really good feedback on it. So That's uh, great. And it's like yep. your product, so no one else, like you said, no one else can really have the same thing that you're selling because you make it uniquely. Correct. Now I'm yeah, looking at your website like, too, um, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I like on your website you can see the photos. So I like as you're talking about the things you were saying you make, I'm kind of scrolling through your website and I can see all of the photos of the stuff. And I'm assuming that's all your your stuff. 
Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We invested in getting a legit food photographer, not just any photographer, someone with experience, because there really is a difference. And you can see if you're on our website, our printed menu has every specialty pizza pictured. I'm really big on visual. Yeah. Uh, I've done that even from like 10 years ago. We started doing that. Um, it's an investment like anything else, but I think you definitely uh, you get your return on it for sure. And you can use it, you know, with our online ordering, everything on our menu is pictured. Um, there's a couple of things I got to update, but I try to keep up on that. And then we were able to use all those pictures on our menu board. So we have digital displays uh, for four years, I think, before COVID. We didn't print menus. We just did. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it definitely is worth it. It definitely makes a difference. Uh, you know, you can see if you go on. So your website is uh, famouspizzabethel.com. And yep. you, people can go on there and just look. And you can definitely see the difference because there's certain things on here that uh, you maybe you wouldn't order if you didn't see what it was. And I like, you know, I, I've do I've been doing these reviews lately of like people's websites and and um, their marketing. And for the most part, people have who listen to the podcast and ask for one of those have their stuff on their website that's actually theirs. But you'd be surprised how many pizzerias have pictures of pizza that they sell on their website that's not even theirs. And you're like, why would you ever do that? It's like yeah. it's like buying a piece of clothing. From a from like Macy's or a store, and it's not the clothing you're gonna buy. Like, why would you do that? You'd be like, that's bullshit. Why why would you put that sweatshirt on the website if that's not the one I get? Same thing with your pizza. I can't understand why people do that. Yeah, hundred percent. Today's consumer, they that's the expectation, right? I mean, it's like that. You know, going on those dating sites and looking <laughs> yeah. up with someone, and then you meet them, you're like, whoa, what yeah. happened there? It's like realtors. Uh, yeah. My wife's a realtor, a real estate agent. <laughs> we always say that about real estate, other realtors, like business cards. You see like their headshot. Right. It's like a headshot from 25 years ago and you meet them in person. You're like, what the hell? That's not you. Yeah. It's the same kind 100%. of thing. So yeah, I like yeah. the, I like the photos and they're good photos too. So thank you. Um, and then uh, you can use them on social media too. Yeah. So I, it's, it's a win-win. It's worth it. Exactly. What so you use? I mean, is this a food tech website itself? I know you've used food tech, and I have too, and I really do like them. Mm -hmm. But did they build this website? Because I remember they used to build websites back in the day, and they weren't great, to be honest. Yeah, no, they've. I've been with them for like I don't know. I'm probably one of their first customers, fifteen plus years, and they really have evolved. Um, the websites they first put out weren't as, shall we say, visually appealing. Yeah. But like now, if you, I mean. You provide them with the photography and then they, it's, I'm sure there's some sort of template, but I just like how it's clean. Yeah. Um, the real, the focus is online ordering for us. We're at about 70% of our business is online ordering and we're not in like Silicon Valley. We're in, you know, suburban Fairfield County, Connecticut. Uh, but it's really about training your customers. So, you know, I went in on online ordering early on, like I'd say 12 years ago, we built up our database. Um, we pushed it on all our menus, on the side of our boxes, download our app, order online. Everything is about, I just, I saw the efficiency that that creates. I mean, for us, the biggest problem is answering the phone. Yeah. Like I cannot wait for the day. I don't have the balls to do it, but I really, <laughs> I mean, what we do now is if you call my number uh, through our phone provider, it says, thanks for calling Famous Pizza, press six to get a text and order online. And like we purposely sometimes if like someone calls out, can't answer the phone, we just have that message play and we don't lose any business. We just force the people to um, utilize technology that makes us more efficient. And someday I really hope to, 
I got to figure out how people could get through if there's a problem, like the driver left the food at the wrong place. Like, so we can't get rid of the phone altogether, yeah. but I just don't have the balls to do that yet because the older What's clientele is going to get upset. Yeah, they'll be dead soon. Right? That's like, <laughs> okay. that's like, that's, that's the people who are using the phone. Or they're going like, to move to Florida soon. Yeah, that's exactly. Fine they're going to get cold. Yeah. They're going to get too cold living in the Northeast. Um, what's the system that you use for that phone, uh, like messaging that someone could press six? Is it through food tech? Um, no. So I think most of the VoIP providers, pizza cloud, I, I personally use unified office. Um, yeah. but they all, I, I'm pretty sure that all of them have that feature. I'm surprised that more people don't use that because that's a, that's a huge, uh, game changer right there. Yeah, I love it. Plus, like you said, you, your website's really clean. You got photos on there, the big online order button, and 70% of your orders are coming through online, which means you're getting their phone number and their email, which if you use Foodtech, I listen, I've seen a ton of POS systems out there, and mm -hmm. I do have to say, after doing this podcast for so much time, seeing all the different point-of-sale systems that are out there, when it comes to, like, pickup delivery, takeout delivery, and being able to, like follow up with your customer i think food tech's the best now i'm not saying the other ones aren't good but i think like when it comes to like what you would want to do as a pizza shop marketing wise after the customer orders from you food tech has the best system that i've seen so i'm not too familiar with the other ones i i was um using this um regional um pos when i first started called restaurant manager and then yeah. once we added delivery i knew that went that went outdated real quick. I just trashed like 40 grand. My dad was ready to kill me at the time. Um, <laughs> Greek but it was really the, he's not too forgiving about that stuff. Yeah, they don't forget. But um, it was really just to go all in on food tech. I was kind of hesitant at first. I'm like, oh, I don't want to spend money on this, spend money on that. But, you know, in the end, I just looked at the numbers, right? So I'm a numbers guy and I look at my average order over the phone versus average order online. And it's yeah. like a $10 difference. So it's like, you know, cause the customer's there, he's like, all right, I'll grab a two liter. All right, I'll grab a dessert. And of course we're not gonna have the same margins, but just that in itself more than pays any of the costs that you might um, have to go through. And then you're saving on the labor so you can't forget about that. And then you mentioned the marketing. I mean, last I, I, I kind of did a little prep, did some homework before I got on with you. Cause I know you're gonna ask me these type of questions. Um, but we're doing about $50,000 a month in sales just through their marketing. And by wow. marketing, meaning we do 30, 60, 90 mailings. And I'm sure most of your listeners understand what that means. So the $30 will be more, the 60 day will be more aggressive than the 30 day and the 90 yeah. day vice versa. We do a birthday club. So $5 off on the day of your birthday. Cause you have to do that when you register. Uh, we do a 10 week target market mailing so it's different offers so it might be like two dollars off this pizza um you know blah 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 so we do those uh our whole database does that for those 10 weeks and um i know i'm missing something oh the key to all this is it's only valid for online orders so we really push the online experience we do not want to be answering the phones that's where all the mistakes happen here, it's seamless. Our online ordering is integrated to our kitchen bumps. We have KDSs in all our kitchens. We don't push paper. And it just allows us to do more business with less people, thus creating more profit. Yeah, I love that. And the other thing that Food Tech does really well is they come up with like a unique codes that each individual email can use. So it's not like 
some some of them like, yeah, you can send an email to your whole database, but you have to put, create a coupon code, and then it's the same coupon code for every email. So like they could call and be like, I have this coupon code, and you're like, oh crap, I gotta right, I gotta give it to them. Well, but they if, create like a if they're in your system, yeah. Yeah, but if they're a registered customer, when you go into your POS, you go on the coupon tab, it's right there. So you're not typing yeah. in nothing. The loyalty is all integrated. Um, it's, it's really, it saves me time. I just, I don't have time to be doing emails and all that. It's on autopilot. Once you set it up, boom, done. I'll review it at the end of the month. And um, at the end of the day, I think my average discount comes out to anywhere from 10 to 15%. But we don't do coupons. And I don't have to like put in coupon codes. I think another thing that George did that I haven't done yet, when I do print menus to do um, door-to-door mailings, they have QR codes for your actual printed piece that yeah. link with food tech. So everything's trackable. So I like that. I need to be, if I'm going to spend any money, I want to be able to track my results on it. Totally. You know what you need to do too? I don't know if you do this, but I know food tech. Well, we used to use food tech. We used to have people who order online. We were pretty early too for online ordering. If someone would order online, today tomorrow morning they get an email and they would be like hey this is bruce from xyz pizza saw you had an order last night how was everything and yeah that would kind of go right to my email address if there was a mistake versus having them complain about something and then we would give them like a bounce back offer like hey if you order in the next two days here's a four dollar off coupon because they weren't going to order in the next two days usually right yeah so um that's the surveys is something I didn't even realize was offered. I wish I got in on it earlier. So the last year I called them up. I'm like, hey, I heard you got something um, where every online order will get a survey like a couple hours later. How do we do with five stars? Yeah. And um, I actually kind of helped them do the beta for that. I gave them some advice on how to make it look like the Google five stars, made it look better and all that. And um, so what happened is I had... 4,000 surveys sitting in my inbox that I, I just kind of look at. What happens is if it's three stars or less, it goes right to my inbox. So like I know in real time, I have my yeah. phone on me all the time. So what happens is they don't go and blow you up on Google. If you take the time real quick, like sometimes I just call them up right away. Hey, I'll send you out another salad. Sorry about yeah. that. My bad. We'll fix it. If I don't see it to the end of the night, I'll just go and I'll, you know, take the charge off and let them know, hey, I took care of that. But um, I have a friend of mine who's a digital marketer. He focuses on the cannabis business and he's always pushing GMB. I, I didn't even know what that meant. Google my business and um, the importance of having that. So I was like, you know, the only thing we're missing is how to get all these five-star reviews and get them over to Google. So my kids were home over break and I kind of put them to work and I just had this template email and I just had them cut and paste 4,000 emails we sent. Hey, thanks for uh, the review you did a while back. I even made them cut and paste their actual typed uh, text just to make it as easy for the customer. Yeah. So I included that on the email. And then I also included, a th- as a way of saying thank you, we'll add a $5 loyalty reward to your account That's after great. it gets posted. And we went from a 4-4 because I had a lot of Karen's in my area and whatever the case may be. I mean, look, no one's going to get a 5-0, but no. we're already up to 4-6 and I'm not done yet. So it's part of my daily routine is reaching out to customers and seeing if they can transfer that to Google to help us out. Listen, a five-star rating, if, you, if I see a five-star rating, I'm always suspicious anyway because like either they don't have enough or they're manipulating the system somehow if they have a ton of it, it's just five-star because it's very yeah, rare. You can't make every single person happy. 
100%. You're not. So that's I brilliant, that a long though. time ago. 4,000, your kids, yeah. are, you, are you paying them, or are they just kind of doing it as pro bono for pizza, or they owe you? Oh, they get paid. They, yeah, I figured. Yeah, they, they make out. Yeah, they, kids don't do nothing for free anymore. No, nah, they're not suckers. I think <laughs> going rate when we were kids was like yeah. a penny a box, I yeah. remember. If that, it was just like not even a penny a box. It's like you're coming to work. You have no choice. I'm like, dang. All right, yeah. I guess I have no choice. Yeah, no, my kids, um, so we have my niece and my daughter. They work the counter at night. Um, you know, they're getting Connecticut's fifteen sixty nine an hour, so we have them on the books, pay them. Yeah. You know, we've got a tip jar out front. They'll make like... 30 bucks in cash tips and then yeah. credit cards because it's online ordering and now everyone's oh, right. so used to i mean there is like what do they call that tipping fatigue now you know with yeah. starbucks and all that yeah yeah but you know people really appreciate the service we know them before they come in they don't have to tell us their name we have their order ready for them and they're like yeah we'll throw a couple bucks in there so yeah they do they do really well if they're friendly if you if the staff's friendly i always tip not that I, not that i don't tip if they're not friendly but i'll tip more if they're like really friendly yeah, the service industry, I mean, you know, things are getting back to normal, but you could just see every place is understaffed still, yeah. um, you know, so I think people just appreciate, you know, that they're still able to get, you know, eventually it's going to be like chains everywhere, you know, so when they see a mom and pop place busting their ass, they're going to be like, all right, give them a couple bucks, you know. Plus, especially like a mom and pop place like yours, that's pretty sophisticated, you know, you're probably one of the more sophisticated mom and pop shops that has all of the all of that in place like the phone answering service the online ordering the email marketing you know a lot of places don't have the bandwidth to do all that they just don't have enough time in the day and it's hard for them to get it all organized and set up which i mean maybe downsizing for you was like kind of the catalyst to be able to do all that which is important but like now you probably like what you do way more than you did before right yeah, 100%. Like, yeah. you know, everyone says it, just the look on your face. I go into work and, you know, I like, you know, handling, like, my job mostly is front of house, so Tony's back of the house. But, um, you know, with all the call-outs and stuff like that, I could just jump into any position needed. I'm kind of like a floater. But I spend most of my day up front, like, just, hey, how you doing? What can I get you? A couple slices, you know, cashing yeah. people out, answering the phones. Really hands-on, probably to my detriment. I'm really a control freak uh you know that's something i definitely got to work on i want to make it sound like look at this guy he knows all the i don't you know i'm just yeah. doing the best i can but you know I, we believe in ourselves we work hard you know we don't take ourselves seriously but we take what we do seriously and you know we just love serving pizza i mean yeah there's nothing wrong no with a bigger there's, fan there's nothing wrong with working in your business if you like it you know, it's like what you said before, your old business, if it's like, oh, I got to go to work and I don't like it, that's when it's a problem. But if you like making pizza or you like talking to customers and you're in your place every day, what's there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's, I think that's the point of life and the point of work. The, your work should be something that you enjoy going into. Yeah, and, you know, I, I know you always bring up like the pizza expo and stuff like that. So along those lines. <laughs> We're right, going to so cut that sit... out right there. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just but kidding. my point is. <laughs> My point is, I'm going to put a little, no, you'll, you'll see where I'm going with this. Okay. So you sit in these seminars, right? And everyone's like, yeah. it's always the same thing. You shouldn't be working in your business. You're working yeah. on your business. So, you know, and I've gone years and, you know, I'm just so sick of hearing of it because the reason that makes me different from the other guy is he's paying that kid minimum wage to not give a shit and they're coming into my place, I'm going to explain to them what we do, how we do it. Yeah. You know, if they have any questions, they're going to get taken care of to the highest degree. So, 
you know, it's kind of contradiction, you know, it's like, don't work in your business, but you know, what if I only want one store? I don't need yeah. to go open. I've seen so many guys go and open that second store and then they realize that they can't clone themselves. And then in the end, you know, they just start, they lose the second one. They go back to the first one. They got to spend years building it back up. So we always had the approach of just being humble, being happy with what we do, what we have, working hard by all means. We want to push sales. Like I think we do really well for our footprint and, uh, you know, not, you know, being greedy, you know, and just, yeah. you know, I just hit 50 this year. So that was a big wake up call for me. So I gave up 27 of my best years just now. And my goal this year, usually I... I went in for 25 years thinking, how can I squeeze another dollar out of this place? Like literally, whether it's takeout containers, souffle cups, like, and I was just going like out of my mind. And then we took a step back. We uh, actually closed for three weeks this year. We went to Greece. I haven't been to Greece in 30 years. I took my family, my kids are in college, and I'm like, this is my last chance. And we're sitting on the beach and we're talking, me and Tony, and we're just like, look, what what are we doing? Like, what, where do we want to be? And you know, um, you really got to just, you know, happiness is, you know, going into work and just, you know, putting in, like I put in 12 hours every day, 14 hours, you know, that doesn't include the hours at home paying bills and all the other stuff. I do all my accounting, I do all the marketing, you know, and then I stand and work those hours. Um, but it doesn't seem like work to me. Like as much as we bitch and complain that, oh, you know, this sucks, this and that, we actually love it. I mean, Friday nights you're pulling your hair out, but you kind of get off on that <laughs> yeah. too, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, that's the, yeah, so that's, you have uh, a successful business. To me, you have the most successful business because it doesn't, it, success to me isn't like, when I was younger, in my 20s, success was like, who has the most locations, who makes the most money? As I'm in my 40s now, success to me is like, who actually likes waking up in the morning and going to work? Like that's it makes a decent living, right? Like you can't be a bum and right. live off the live off the system and be like, yeah, I'm a success. I don't have a job, but I don't make any money either. Everybody else takes care of me. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like you have a business, it's relatively successful. You make a living, your family makes a living, but you actually like going to work. You're a success. You're somebody that people should look up to and admire and ask questions about. Because a lot of people wake up every morning and they go to a job that they hate doing something they don't want to do to make money for stuff that they don't really need. And it's just like a vicious cycle that even the younger generation of folks seem to be like, all right, I got to go to high school. Then I got to go to college. Then I got to get a job to pay for the college. And I'm stuck in that, in that area of paying for something I probably didn't really want to do, but I did it. And now I, ha I can't get out of it because I have to pay it off and I have to do that for the next 20 years. So, you know, I'm glad that you were able to do that. And kudos to you because not a lot of people do that. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we have uh, nephews. Tony has two sons in college and one of them, I think both of them have an interest someday to come into the business. And that's something that we always think, like, what are we going to do down the road? Um, but they see that, you know, we kind of set the example for them. We did all the hard work. So it's like, yeah. you guys just got to show up. You got made. Like we, we built it. Um, but, you know, there's always, you know, that notion, you know, what if we open a, you know, I just, we're not there yet. And yeah. I don't know if we'll ever be. And that's fine. Do you like, how is it working with family? I, I worked with family and it was a, it was great, but then there was also struggles. Yeah. So, uh, 
My family literally lives right next door to the shop. It's like the movie, my big fat Greek wedding, you know, they built the <laughs> yeah. house right next door. So you know how Greeks are. So my brother, sister, and I, we all worked. We all live within a mile of the shop. It's like oh, the wow. hub. When the kids were little, we would drop them off. It was like a daycare center. Kids running around, coming in. And that's how we grew up. We grew up in the shop. That's what I was used to. Um, but uh, working with family, so luckily my brother-in-law and I, We've worked together side by side 25 years. We've never had a fight. That's I good. I mean, literally, the guy is just a saint of a man. I mean, he's married to my sister. so. Um, but uh, <laughs> we really get along. Um, my brother actually is a teacher, but there was a time where he came into the business, and I think customers would come in just to watch us fight. Like literally, you know, punch each other in the middle of Friday night, screaming, oh God, yelling. Hilarious. We were just oil and water, and that didn't work out well. And ever since he stopped working at the shop, we get along great. I mean, he's great. I love him to death. I just cannot work with him. Just have different personalities. But That's good that you find your brother always... that you can, like, mesh with. It seems like the thing that works with you two is it seems like you like to do different things. Like you said, he likes to be in the back behind the scenes kind of, and, and you like to be – or don't mind being kind of in front talking to the customers. And I think that's probably why it works. Yeah, for sure. We're definitely blessed that we have different, you know, characteristics that allow us to complement each other. And uh, yeah, we, we have this saying, like, unfortunately, we can't say it to our wives, but we say it to ourselves all the time, know your role. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, he's got his that whole Stone Cold, Steve Austin, whatever it is, uh, wrestling guy. But he always used to say it. And it's just like, you know, we don't step on each other's toes. That's his area. That's my area. And, yeah, we'll discuss it. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just like, that's all you, bud, you know. Yeah. But we always help each other out. That goes without saying. That's great. Well, it sounds like you've got an amazing business and you're happy doing it, and I'm happy for you. So um, Famous Pizza, Bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L.com is the website. Go check it out. It's, got, it's a pretty sleek website. I do. I don't necessarily usually go to websites and be like, oh, wow, I like that website, but I like yours. It's like you said, clean Thanks. to the point. It gets the information that you need across to the people who need it. And there's a big online order button there, which is what you probably want everybody to do anyway. So go check that out. What about on Instagram or Facebook? Where, what are you on those platforms? Uh, so if you search Famous Pizza Bethel, I think our actual username might be Famous Pizza BTL. Okay. If it's not... B-E-T-H-E-L. So we're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on TikTok. But to be honest with you, I just I can't wrap my head around that yet. I don't think I ever will, quite honestly. How old are your kids or, or your brother-in-law's kids? So we have four. We have six kids, three each. So I have one graduating college soon. Uh, so we have four in college and two in high school. So the two that are in high school are juniors. They work at the shop. Um, the two... His two sons go to school locally, so they work at the shop. Um, my kids all worked in the shop, but they're up at Syracuse now, so uh, they got a little break from the pizza business. But I think they want they're on to their careers and all that. Oh uh, yeah. So you got to get those two kids out in high school to take over the TikTok. Like you, you don't need them to do the Instagram and Facebook, but like, listen, you're on TikTok. Come up with some ideas and some strategies, and I'll help you implement them. But like, that's your thing. That's a good idea. You yeah, know, I make them do that. that. Be like, you don't have to do all of it. Just TikTok. Like. And you don't even have to like, because okay. you know what you know what the teenagers know. They don't necessarily know how to like create a good business TikTok, but they know what's working and what's popular on TikTok that they can kind of point you in that direction. So they may not be able to be like, all right, I know how to create a TikTok for this business that's going to get customers, but they know if you're going to look like a dork on TikTok and it's going to make you look bad. You know what I mean? 
Well, they, they pretty much cringe at everything I post regardless, whether <laughs> yeah. it's Instagram, yeah. doing reels or whatever. As long as I don't have to do a dance, then I think we'll be good. Yeah, that days, those days are over for TikTok. It's, you don't have to do that anymore. All right, cool. I'll give so, it a shot. All right, let us know if, if you have any questions. We'll help you out on that. All right, we'll link all that up in the show notes. Uh, Perry, your website, um, which I think people should go take a look at. Uh, Instagram, Facebook. I appreciate you. Don't go anywhere yet, but I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. It was really fun talking to you. I'm glad we got a chance to do this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, thank you to Perry for joining me on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to be a guest, smartpizzamarketing.com is a place to go. Uh, see if you can get on the podcast. Tell us a little bit about your business. If it's a good fit for the podcast, somebody from the team will reach out and pick a date for you. We can hop on the podcast and just kind of hang out, talk pizza, talk business, all of that good stuff. SmartPizzaMarketing.com is our website. I'll link everything up that Perry mentioned. You can go check out his website. Go check out his social media. Uh, I really do think his website's pretty clean and sleek, and I think that they did a good job on that. So that's something that you should probably go check out. The show notes for that will be over at SmartPizzaMarketing.com, our home base over there. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. Listen, very much appreciated. We'll see you guys next week.